This is the Morning Press from Cast Iron Brands, a brainiron.com production. Here's 11 minutes or less of news for today, Thursday, December 7th, 2023. A spree shooting yesterday at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas that left three victims dead, a fourth critically injured, and the shooter himself killed in a shootout with police, was committed by a professor who had recently sought a job at the university, the Associated Press is reporting. The as-yet publicly unidentified suspect had worked previously at East Carolina University in North Carolina. The shooting took place inside the Lee Business School building on UNLV's campus shortly before noon on Wednesday, and the suspect was killed just outside the building while exchanging fire with two responding university police officers. Four candidates for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination appeared on a stage at the University of Alabama last night and spent a substantial portion of their time shouting insults at one another. Chris Christie, who is currently in fifth place in the race, averaging 2.7% support according to 538, made perhaps the only relevant observation of the night. The former governor of New Jersey, referring to Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and Vivek Ramaswamy, said, quote, These three are acting as if the race is between the four of us. The fifth guy, who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here, he's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. And yet, I've got these three guys who are all seemingly unwilling to compete with, you know, Voldemort, he who should not be named. They don't want to talk about him. Trump's conspicuous absence, combined with the fact of his dominant lead in the polls, certainly raises the question, what is the point of these exercises, if not to directly compete with the individual who, it appears, will easily secure the party's nomination in the coming months? A former employee of the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars is being charged in federal court with orchestrating a scheme that allowed him to steal $22 million from the football organization over the course of his five-year employment with the team. The accused, Amit Patel, was a manager in the team's financial planning department and was able to perpetrate much of the crime simply by falsifying credit card transactions. He spent his ill-gotten gains on private jet charters and luxury rentals for himself and friends, new cars, sports gambling, cryptocurrency and NFTs, and a country club membership, among other things. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has asked the Florida legislature to set aside $1 million of his proposed $114 billion state budget to be used to finance a lawsuit against the College Football Playoff Committee over its decision to exclude Florida State from the four-team national title playoff. DeSantis said, quote, My first grader, my fifth grader, and my preschooler, they are all Knowles, and they are big-time fans, and they do the tomahawk chop, and they were not happy. End quote. The budget won't be approved until months after the national championship game has already been played, and it's not clear what such a lawsuit would even seek to accomplish beyond presumably making DeSantis's young children, among other Florida State fans in the state, feel better. Following oral arguments yesterday, the Supreme Court appears poised to hand down a narrow ruling in favor of the government in the case of taxpayers who claimed that a one-time tax on income they had not yet realized from foreign investments was unconstitutional. Though Justices Thomas, Gorsuch, and Alito entertained a series of hypotheticals about the sort of wide avenues for taxation a ruling in the government's favor might open, Justices Kavanaugh, Barrett, and the court's liberals were dismissive of those concerns as far-fetched, given that lawmakers are accountable to their voters and are therefore unlikely to pass wide-ranging confiscatory tax policies. 
Former Washington Nationals and San Diego Padres outfielder Juan Soto has been traded to the New York Yankees, where he will play out the final year of his rookie contract before heading into free agency following the 2024 season. Observers believe that Soto will be paid in excess of $30 million this coming season. The precise amount will be determined in an arbitration negotiation between the Yankees and Soto's agent, Scott Boris. Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels set a record high in single-season salary arbitration before the start of last season, when they agreed to a $30 million deal. Otani is now this season's biggest off-season prize and reportedly looks to sign a 10-year deal worth at least $500 million. The Food and Drug Administration last year proposed a rule to ban the sale of mentholated cigarettes in the United States in a move that they say would reduce health disparities between black Americans and the rest of the population. The Biden administration formally delayed a decision on the implementation of that rule on Wednesday, pushing a final determination back until at least March of 2024. Critics of the ban point to its inherent paternalistic condescension, the loss of revenue for the tobacco industry and sales at the retail level not just of cigarettes, but the snacks and drinks that often accompany such purchases, and the potential for black Americans to come into further disproportionate contact with law enforcement when they seek to procure their preferred cigarettes on the inevitable black market. Some observers believe that this could be a politically motivated decision by the Biden administration, amid growing concerns that there is a lack of enthusiasm for a second Biden term among African Americans, an important Democratic demographic constituency. An editorial aside, if you will permit me. Given the rationale offered for the rule in the first place, that menthol-flavored cigarettes are disproportionately favored by black Americans, and that a ban would therefore have a disproportionately positive effect on health outcomes for black Americans, it's reasonable, if perhaps a bit cynical, to conclude that the administration is more concerned with black votes than black lives. Or perhaps it's simply an acknowledgment that people don't like it when the government bans substances or activities that they enjoy, even when they know those substances or activities are harmful to them. If the administration is still committed to reducing health disparities, though, perhaps they should consider an advertising campaign to convince more non-black Americans to smoke. Now, here's a look at the weather. On this date in history, December 7, 1963, Instant Replay was deployed for the very first time during the CBS television broadcast of the annual Army-Navy football game. Tony Verna was the CBS employee and director of the football broadcast who invented the technique, which required extensive behind-the-scenes work to bring to fruition and an explanation to viewers that what they were seeing was not live, that Army was not in the process of scoring again. Instant replay has become so ubiquitous, such a fundamental part of the experience of watching sports, that it's difficult to imagine extracting it and seeing what would be left. For all of history until the late 19th century, life simply happened, unrecorded by anything but malleable and inconsistent human memory. 130 years on from the invention of moving pictures, 60 years on from the first instant replay, we live in a time that allows any given moment to be recorded with perfect fidelity and played back to us instantly from any conceivable angle, limited only by how many cameras we choose to train in that direction. 
Sooner or later, I suspect that we'll be recording enough visual data of any given sporting event of significance and feeding that data into some sort of AI-powered supercomputer that we will be able to render the action as it just happened from literally any point in observable space. Any and all questions about what happened will be answerable and knowable, and our tolerance for ambiguity and human fallibility will be ever more significantly reduced. The role of game officials diminished to passing along whatever the computer tells them just happened. In the old days, seeing the officials' arms come up to signal a touchdown, or strike or ball, fair or foul, was the emotional signal to your brain to trigger the appropriate response, the agony or the ecstasy. But watching sports now, the flood of those emotions is held slightly at bay with the knowledge that instant replay could come traipsing in and reverse the reality of what you think it was you just saw. Eventually, with enough computing power, the temporal distance between event and reported outcome will be shortened so as to be indistinguishable from just watching it live, the computers analyzing the data in real time, feeding the outcome to the official, and the arms come up. The replay then will become, again, what it used to be, an explanation and further exploration of what just happened. Rather than an inquisition of the previous moment, it is a definitive, if impenetrable and unable to be questioned, fact. What just happened will be nothing to argue over, nothing to even really wonder about. It will just be. And that's all well and good and for the best. Inside the stadium, we generally agree to accept the legitimacy and finality of the outcome of the game. But beyond the football field, in a world no longer overrun with excess, unprocessable data and inputs, on the verge of creating a technology that will be capable of grokking all that information and telling us what simply is, are we more likely to listen? or reject it in favor of what we already believe we know to be true? What will a world that knows every answer to every question look like? What questions are even possible in a world awash in answers? And will we trust the voice that intrudes over top of it all, the one explaining to us, in defiance of what we are seeing before our lying eyes, that army did not just score again? That's the weather from here. How's it look out your window? The Morning Press is a production of the BrainIron.com multinational media empire. For a transcript of today's episode and links to the stories referenced, find The Morning Press at brainiron.substack.com. Thanks, and barring the sudden onset of the inevitable, we'll talk to you tomorrow. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.